Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. And good morning and welcome into Inside the Clubhouse. I'm David Schuster filling in for Matt Spiegel. Across from me, of course, is the venerable Bruce Levine, my good buddy, for a long time. And uh, this is Inside the Clubhouse where we talk baseball each and every Saturday, not only during the season, but also during the off season. But, Bruce, as we both know, there is no off season. No, there isn't, David. And a special shout-out to uh, my uh, teammate every week here, Matt Spiegel. A little bit on the DL. He'll be back soon, we hope. He's... Doing great, so uh, shout out to Matt and David. Welcome, as always. We've only been sitting next to each other for about 40 years talking baseball, so it's always a natural when you show up on the show. By the way, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's in Northbrook, your top restaurant, bakery, and deli in Chicagoland. I remind you that catering in the restaurant party rooms are available now for all of your holiday special events or business meetings. Ask for John at maxandbenny's.com. Party rooms... Uh, are uh, accessible for 10 to 150 people for all your special events. Soup season is here. The freshest and heartiest soups warm the body. Make your day at Max and Benny's. Dinners from 4 to 9 p.m., seven days a week. The best deli in America. Bakery goods to die for. You bet it's Max and Benny's. 30 minutes from downtown. 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Love you some Max and Benny's in Northbrook. And love you some off-season hot stove baseball, David, as we continue to hear White Sox and Cubs still and will be in on the top free agents, that being Bryce Harper and, of course, Manny Machado. We always include you in the mix here at uh, inside the clubhouse, and that is at 312-644-6767. Text David 67011. He'll read all that's worthy on the air. And this week, uh, David, we had awards week in baseball no real surprises. The um, top vote getters uh, were guys that most people were speculating about. Javier Baez of the Cubs finishing second to Christian Yelich, who had just one of the great seasons and maybe one of the most magical Septembers, August and Septembers that a player has had in a lot of years. Yeah, I think Baez was probably the leader going into the month of September, Bruce, but you got to give it to Yelich. He was outstanding all the way through to the finish line. Never mind what happened uh, after the season ended, the regular season, but he was really outstanding. He won that award more than anything else in the month of September. By the way, this hour brought to you by Gurney Hyundai. When searching for a new Hyundai, search for GurneyHyundai.com. Bruce, it's raining outside it's snowing there's even some slush 
Nothing says hot stove baseball like the weather outside right now. You, although, you bet. although we've play, we've actually seen games played in the month of April in weather probably even worse than today. But this always reminds me this kind of weather at this time of the year reminds me of of hot stove baseball. As you mentioned, uh, the Cubs and White Sox are going to be in on a lot. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to let you run down the guest list as well. Um, and so there's a lot to talk about. And we'll start off with Bryce Harper, but go ahead and give the guest list. Well, first. Uh, Jim Callis, uh, the expert of all experts for minor league play players and uh, players coming up will call in from the Arizona Fall League. The last game for the Fall League is tonight, championship game. Jim will be calling that on MLB TV, and uh, he is going to be telling you about your White Sox and Cubs best players coming up in the future. Top of the 10 o'clock hour, we'll talk to Dylan Cease, considered one of the top two pitchers in minor league baseball right now. Don't be surprised if he's with your Chicago White Sox this year by the middle of the year. And Bill Brick, a longtime friend and scout in Major League Baseball, works for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He'll help break down the Cubs and White Sox needs going forward. And some of the players that we're talking about might be going to the White Sox and Cubs. But again, as I always say, you are the driving force of this show. You, the great base Chicago baseball fan, and it is 312-644-6767. Really looking forward to talking to all our guests. Uh, I really can't wait to hear from Dylan Cease at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. You and I, Bruce, talk to the same scouts all the time during and, and uh, after the baseball season. You even more than I do, of course. And I think it's pretty unanimous. They say that Dylan Cease has the potential to be the best of all the White Sox young pitchers, and maybe even better than Michael Kopech. Um, that's how good he was this last season. Dylan Seats had some injuries in the past. I'm sure he's going to need a little bit more seasoning before you see him up in a White Sox uniform, but as you alluded to, it could be sometime this upcoming season. All right, David, so here's the show topic for you. Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. Which team in Chicago, Cubs or White Sox, needs Harper more. Which team needs Machado more? Who needs it more? The White Sox are on the come. They have to make themselves relevant again in their division in the American League. The Cubs have this nice three-year window that they're looking at where they can retain almost all of their players. Contracts are uh, in, uh, you know, are they have a hold on their contracts for their starting pitchers right now. Their position players don't become eligible for free agency until 2021 that fall. Uh, who needs the addition of Harper Moore? Our Dan Bernstein, of course, reported yesterday that the Cubs are deeply in on Harper and uh, that uh, I can just add on to that, David, that they've never not been on Harper. Uh they're going to do their due diligence to bring in the best players possible. We know the payroll is going to be high, even with arbitration for some of their top young players. They're going to be already at $210 million, uh, very close to where the luxury tax slash competitive balance tax is, where you start paying uh, a premium for every dollar you pay over that amount. Nonetheless, uh, it's not so significant that the Cubs – uh, cannot afford to go over. Well, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in order for the Cubs to go ahead and sign a Bryce Harper, and I'd still say it's a long shot, but maybe it'll still happens. They have to either move some players off their roster to make room for him in whatever position they deem him to play. 
And they probably even have to move some money off their roster because, let's face it, he's going to break the bank if he signs with the Cubs. And that is also considering that Chris Bryant is still going to hang around and, and be here for years to come as well. So some maneuvering might have to be done maybe, specifically for, with the Cubs before Harper might sign here. Maybe par, uh, a good percentage of that commitment is the $20 million that they picked up on Cole Hamels. Okay? So that's a one-year commitment. Mm-hmm. After that, so let's say you go, you know, 10, 15, 20 million dollars over with Harper. Uh, you're going to pay 20% on the dollar. Okay. So, you know, realistically, is it four or five million dollars you're going to pay extra? Uh, for that to win a championship with a, uh, with one of the sexier lineups in all of baseball with Harper hitting in between Bryant and Rizzo, uh, I, I think that, um, Mr. Ricketts can handle that for one year. Then automatically you got $20 million chopped off of 2019 uh, going to 2020 with Hamels coming off the books. Lester comes off uh, the books. At the year after that. Uh, there's, there's plenty of creativity to be done within the realm of uh, not breaking the bank. Look, the Cubs are like the Yankees, like the Red Sox. They are one of the top teams in baseball. What does that also represent, David? It also represents that they have to spend a lot of money. They are one of the top revenue teams in baseball. So the reluctance to spend money, they didn't go over the cap last year. The the real problem comes in when you go over the uh, luxury tax two years in a row. That's when it starts multiplying the penalties. Uh, you go too high and you start losing draft picks. They're not close to that right now. They're in a great. They're in great shape to be able to go over in 2019. And Bruce, before we go to the phone lines and we got people already on hold, we're going to get to them in just one second. I want to throw out one other topic on the other side of town. I think it's an eventuality that the White Sox start spending some money for free agency. Um, I think Jerry Reinsdorf. You may correct me again if I'm wrong, but I think he's itching to make a splash uh, in free agency. The question is, is it this offseason or is it next offseason? And does the injury to Michael Kopech push everything back one year? Do you go ahead and spend the money now and get a free agent on your roster and get Kopech back the following season? Or do you wait to make the big splash even next year? All those topics on the table, 312-644-6767. Let's go out to the phone lines, Bruce. Let's start here in the city, River North, and pick it up with Matt. Go ahead, Matt. You're on hey, inside Bella. the clubhouse. Bruce, you know, I've heard – yeah, I'm not a White Sox fan, so I'll leave it at that. I'm a Cubs fan. But I hear the White Sox, they talked really big last year. Uh, Carson Palmer was talking really big. He may never, may never see the major leagues again. Um, Carson Fuller? Carson, yeah, whatever. Carson – whatever his name is. Um, and he was terrible. Um, Giolito had the highest ERA of any pitcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, starting pitcher with as many starts as he had. Yo, uh, Makata. Matt, you, you sound like a hater rather than a liker. The, I, I, I am a hater. Okay. Because right. gonna? I guess what are they? How are they going to spend this when Harper doesn't sign there or Machado doesn't sign there, and they don't get any of these big free agents? Because personally, I can't see why Harper would sign there. What does it benefit him? He wants. To, he's a competitive guy. He wants All to right. win tomorrow. That, that's a good question, and we can jump off from there. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. David, what's the what is the appeal? Well, first of all, they're ranked the number three in top prospects in baseball. We'll talk to Jim Callis about that at the bottom of the hour from MLB Pipeline. They uh, are on the come, and more importantly, it's a big market. Okay, New York, L.A., Chicago, Bryce Harper, bright lights. He's going to want it. 
why does he want it? It's not because of the the great food that was uh, rumored. You know, the other day somebody interviewed him <laughs> at the LAX airport and said, "Yeah, you know, great food in New York and Chicago." And it's like, no, that's not going to be it. It's not going to be because of steak forty eight or deep dish pizza. <laughs> the the reason is is because of marketing. Okay, so if he makes if he's going to make forty million dollars a year, thirty five million dollars a year, he's going to make another ten million dollars a year in endorsements in a big market and Chicago. North or South Side is going to bring you a, a heck of a lot of national attention. He already has a tremendous amount of national ads because he is a sexy player in, in the terms of being able to, you know, promote his uh, ability on the field, the way he looks, kind of an attitude. I mean, all those things mean a lot of extra residual dollars and notoriety in a big market. Let me ask you the question I, I threw out to the class, Bruce. Do the White Sox make that free agent splash this season, or do they one more wait one more year, considering they probably even know themselves they're not challenging for anything this upcoming season? Is Bryce Harper available next year? No, he's not. Is Manny Machado available next year? Neither one, so but there Rick, might be other guys. So Rick Hahn, well, there might be, but Rick Hahn said when, when there's a generational player around and uh, they can be cha- uh, they can be team changers and they can be game changers for you, you have to approach it. So I would say they're in, you know, and whether or not they want to come to the White Sox or not, we'll we'll find that out. Will the White Sox have to overpay or any smaller market or mid-market team that's not considered ready yet have to overpay? Most likely, yes. Well, don't forget the Phillies this past week. I think it was their owner, and I'm paraphrasing, says they're going to spend stupidly. Yeah. <laughs> so someone's going to get – well, these guys well, are going to break the bank anyway. It's refreshing to hear – you know, spend spending yeah. $400 million on one player. <laughs> First of all, the premise of it, I mean, you're dealing with two 26-year-old guys. So the odds are a little better in your favor. But when you look at long-term stupid contracts, 10-year deals for people, how many of those have worked out? I mean, Few. You, you have A-Rod, the last probably three years of his 10-year deal, he was not good. Uh, you have Albert Pujols playing mm-hmm. on one leg now for the last two or three years. That's not good. Now, is it is it good enough that you get the initial impact of these superstars? Okay, but th- these two guys are a little different because they're 26. They're easier to project, and as the Philly owner says, uh, it's probably easier for him to spend stupid money. I wish somebody would spend stupid money on me. Anyway, let's go back out to the phone lines. <laughs> That'll never happen. Uh, East Chicago and Brian. Go ahead, Brian. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Sure. Uh, listen, I, I, yeah, I have something to say about this. Uh, it's concerning the, the Cubs. Theo Epstein, you know, first of all, he's a businessman, and the first and prime, uh, primary thing he's looking at is money, of course. Now, Manny Machado, uh, Bryce Harper, either way, if you try to get either one of those guys, he's going to be bleeding through the nose. But the Cubs, of the two, I wish they really go out to Bryce Harper and I'll tell you why. They need some someone that uh, that has that left-handed uh, uh, hitting ability and it's consistency. God knows they need consistency. And um, they need someone who's a team player. Machado, you know, he to me he seems to be a showboater, and you know, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. You know, being on the championship team for him is okay, but primarily with him it's I must be paid. What do you gentlemen think? Well, thank you. Uh, 
things to think about in there. First of all, I don't think either one of these guys are considered leaders, okay? That's something you have to consider. You're paying a lot of money for an elite talent. Uh, Harper has an edge about him. Machado has an edge that people kind of don't like right now about him, being defined about the fact that he's not going to be Joe Hustle, you know, came out and said that, you know, I'm not going to be that guy. Um, You like the frankness, but realistically, you're not buying leadership with either one of these guys. You're buying tremendous talent, 26-year-old guys who are offensive difference makers. Machado's a very excellent third baseman, a mediocre shortstop. Harper's an average right fielder that may be a first baseman down the line. We know the Cubs already have a first baseman. Uh, But... For the White Sox, there's one edge in the National in the American League, and that is the DH. So when you have a guy like Harper and he starts to age a little bit, your projections of him 31, 32, when he needs 10, 12, 15 days off and he can still help your lineup by being a DH is something to consider. Uh, I mean, uh, there, there's there's a better consideration there, but there's also the chance that you know, Harper's going to move to first base, considered a less taxing position, nonetheless tremendously important. So those are all things in considerations when you look at investing your future and the franchise future in a generational player who's going to make $35 million a year. Bruce, let me throw one other part into the equation here, and you use the words designated hitter. Now, the contract with the Players Association is up again. I got to ask this question. Is it in consideration for any National League team in signing Bryce Harper that at some juncture, maybe even soon, that the DH is in the National League? Well, I think that's a great question, David, because you know we've heard more about the National League owners being more interested in having the DH and getting away from the fact that it's always been uniquely since 1973 when they started the DH. One league has a DH, the other wasn't. Supposed to be ex- experimental back then. The American League wasn't going to hold on to it forever. Now it's just been a can of worms, you know, for forty-five years and ridiculous in the in the postseason. So I think eventually the National League will, and that that is a probably a consideration when uh, the Cubs or another National League team look look at a guy like Harper and say, you know, maybe uh, this will help sway us uh, into consideration for voting for the DH because we need to have the ability to have guys that we invest a lot of money in have that rest role where they can still contribute. Bruce, let me take one uh, phone call before we go to break. Let's uh, go out to Rockford and pick it up with Dave. Go ahead, Dave. You're on the score. Yeah. Um, my, my question is, and, and, and it'll be quick, is what do we, both of these guys do to the chemistry of the team? When the Cubs won uh, a couple of years ago, they had great chemistry. The Indians had great chemistry that last, last that year that they went with the Cubs. And I'm not so sure Josh Donaldson helped them this year. And I'm just not sure that what I know about Harper is that he's a great team team asset. Right. It's a good question. And, uh, David, I, I think the, the point is well taken. Um, when you have enough talent and you have enough leadership in your clubhouse, and certainly the Cubs have an awful lot of that, um, he doesn't have to be that impactful as a leader. He doesn't. You have Rizzo at one locker. You have Zobris at another. You have Bryant. You have Hayward. These uh, And John Lester is one of the huge leaders there. You don't need the, him to be the, the clubhouse leader. With the White Sox, that's kind of an open forum right now. Uh, who's going to be the 
generational leader for the White Sox going forward. So that might be a harder question, you know, if you bring Matt Machado in as a face of the White Sox, is he the leader that you want? Is Harper the leader you want? Or do you want them to just be the, the great ball players they are and not worry about that? All right, Bruce, I lied. Let's sneak in one more no, phone let's call. Not, let's that's not. not? No. Okay, we're, we're not late for a break. Right, 312-644-6767 is our number inside the clubhouse. Harper Machado, Cubs or White Sox, who needs them more? We uh, talk to you after this break. This is Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. 927, welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse. We'll be hearing from Jim Callis, who will be talking Arizona Fall League baseball in momentarily. But, Bruce, let's go back to the phone lines very quickly. Let's bring in Jim, who's checking in from Aurora. Good morning, Jim. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Jim, are you there? Jim probably went out for a smoke. He'll be right back. Okay. He was on hold long enough. I'm sorry, Jim. Anyway. Call back. Yeah. Uh, 312-644-6767, our number for Inside the Clubhouse, Cubs, Sox, everything baseball. Jim Callis, MLB pipeline expert on minor league players, on players developing on the draft. That's Jim Callis' wheelhouse. He'll be joining us in just a couple minutes. Top of the next hour, we'll talk to Dylan Cease, Top pitching prospect for the White Sox in the minor leagues. Bill Brick, a scout who covers both the Cubs and White Sox during this season, uh, will be joining us. He's with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And you, of course, you're the most important people out there for us. Again, 312-644-6767. So I was talking to a uh, you know a person who's involved with one of the sports teams yesterday. And, uh, you know, we were getting around talking about coaches and Joe Madden. And this week, you know, we had the uh, Manager of the Year Award uh, won by Brian Snitker of the Atlanta Braves. Craig Council second. Uh, our friend Jim uh, Joe Madden finished fifth. I was the only first place vote given to uh, Joe Madden. And uh, social media is uh, taking me to task a little bit on it. I think it was interesting. I was on with... Uh, Mully and Haw this week, and we talked about you know the reasons why I voted for Joe Madden as the top manager in the National League. It didn't take me long to spew out those things, but um, David, the uh, as we were just talking to uh, Steve here, uh, who will be joining you in the uh, uh, starting 11 at eleven o'clock hour. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the 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 message for a coach manager, no matter how great they are, sometimes gets lost down the road. I mean. Quinville, ten years, three world, you know, three Stanley Cup championships, unprecedented in uh, Hawk history. They had three their total history before he showed up. But at a certain point, is it just that after a certain amount of time, the message starts to get lost and it becomes numbing to front office people, players, fans, media people, does the message just shut down? It does in all sports, to be honest with you, Bruce. It's not only baseball, but eventually it's very rare, even more so now than it was when we were both growing up. For you know, There's no Walter Alston's going 25-some-odd years as managers in baseball. Right. And he had all one-year contracts. Yeah, which is really an anomaly. By the way, Bruce, the bottom of the hour brought to you by Northwestern Football. Don't miss your chance to catch the Cats at Ryan Field and Northwestern hosting Illinois next Saturday at Senior Day. Tickets on sale now at nusports.com. We have a special guest right now. Bruce, I'm going to do the introduction. All right, the guy who is all about MLB Pipeline and will be broadcasting tonight from Arizona as the final Fall League game is taking place here in the Arizona Fall League. Our good friend Jim Callis joins us uh, from Arizona. Good morning, Jim. How are you? 
We're doing good, Bruce. How are you doing? Well, we're doing great. Uh, we want to kind of concentrate on what you've seen there, White Sox Cub wise, and I guess Luis Robert has. Uh, Gotten opened a lot of eyes there. White Sox uh, signed him as a international free agent for $52 million a couple of years ago. Tell us about Luis Robert and what you've seen uh, out of his play this fall. Yeah, I mean, he, he's had his tools have been as electric as anybody's in the fall league. He's all around tools. I mean, obviously, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., the best prospect in baseball, was down here for most of the season. I'm not saying he's better than Vlad, but you know, what was good to see with Robert is you know, this is a guy they gave $26 million to in May of 2017 and paid another $26 million as a penalty pack. And between having knee and ankle injuries last year and some injury that he re-aggravated during the season this year, he really hadn't played a whole lot or had a chance to really show what he could do for an extended period of time. And, and he has looked every bit like the guy who, who cost them $52 million. I mean, he's got some of the best bat speed down here. He's, he's hit some just screaming line drives, nice home runs. He's one of the faster players down here. He's looked uh, he's looked really really good. I mean he he did you know it, it was kind of typical of the way his early career's gone. He pulled a hamstring in like his fourth game here and missed about ten days. But when he came back, he was one of the hotter hitters in the league. I, I really think if he hadn't missed, you know he probably would have played about six seven times in those ten days. Yeah, he would have been up there. His all-around stats would have been up there with with just about anybody's in the league. Jim, I want to expand a little bit on Robert just for a second because he's one of many outfield prospects that it's in the White Sox system. Where do you, from watching him now, where do you project him playing not only in the field but where specifically in the order? Um, You know, I think that still, you know, there isn't enough of a body of work to know for sure. Um, I mean, he looked very good here. He hasn't looked as good, you know, and, and to be fair, you can't read too much into fall league stats because mm-hmm. the pitching down here isn't as strong as the hitting. Just they don't send pitching process here if they've had a full season uninterrupted by uh, any injuries or anything. Um, you know, but I, I think looking at him, I don't know. You know, I mean, back in the day, you might have, you know, so, you know he, he has leadoff type speed. I don't know if he has leadoff type on base percentage. I mean, he might be more of a guy – if you just went on what you saw here and you totally bought into, you know, the, the caliber of pitching was maybe better than it was, you can maybe say a number three hitter. I'd probably be more comfortable saying a number five at this point. And where he fits in the outfield, I think, kind of really depends on who else is out there with him. I mean, obviously, Eloy Jimenez is probably going to wind up in left. And I think if if Luis Alexander Basabi is your other outfielder, mm-hmm. I think Basabi is probably a better center fielder than Robert. And Robert goes to right. But I do think there's a chance that, you know, maybe if Basabi isn't what the White Sox hope he is, that, you know, maybe you have Robert in center. You know, because most of their outfield guys, most of their top outfield prospects are corner outfield types. The expert of all experts for minor league players, amateur players, our good friend Jim Callis from MLB Pipeline. Joining us tonight, uh, watch him tonight on MLB TV as he helps broadcast the final game, uh, final championship game, the Arizona Fall League on MLB TV. Uh, Jim, you talked about uh, Basabe. Uh, how progressed is he defensively? How is he on the bases? How do you project him as far as being major league ready in the next year or so? Yeah, he, you know, I, I think he's probably two years away. I mean, and, and you know, at least the nice thing is you don't have to rush these guys because it's not like the White Sox are going to really contend next year. I mean. We we saw when he went up to 
to double A that, you know, the, you know, he still needs to control the strike zone a little better. He's still not a finished product as a hitter. I mean, his 2018 was a lot better than his 2017 when he was dealing with the meniscus issue. He did not have a great fall league. Um, again, I wouldn't hold that against him because there's a lot of factors at play. Just like I don't read too much in the positive stats. Some of these guys are tired because this is a lot more baseball than they've ever played. He, he did show, I mean, he did draw a lot of walks. Um, went nine for 50, no extra base hit. You know, looked pretty good in center field. But I, I think your takeaway, if you saw him here, was, you know, don't need to rush this guy. He needs to go back to double A to start next year. And you know what? If he spends a whole year in double A, so be it. You know, the White Sox shouldn't be in any hurry with him. Over the years, you've probably seen the best of the best out there. Matter of fact, I did a little research. 17 MVPs have played in the Arizona Fall League. Six Cy Young Award winners. Names like Pujols and Scherzer, just to name a few. Who's the one guy who's really knocked your socks off when you saw him? You said, oh my God, this guy's going to be a superstar. And indeed, it turned out to be just the case. Uh, you mean this year or, well, or in any case? Well, go both, I guess. Uh, I'll, give you, I'll give you both. Um, the, well, <laughs> I'm going to give you three guys. Because it's like that, that all won MVP awards here, and you knew all three of these guys were going to be great, and so far it looks like they will be. And that would be – I saw Chris Bryant in 2013. Teams don't send players out of the draft here as, as much as they used to, but that was a year Bryant, you know, out-homered like three-quarters of the teams in NCAA Division One all by himself at San Diego. Right. And then he went out and had the best pro debut of anybody who was drafted, and then he came to the Fall League. And, you know, was the MVP. I mean, he was, he just, he had just, I think he had something like 50 plus homers across all three of those levels of competition. He'd be one. And then the previous two MVPs, the last couple of years, uh, Glaber Torres, um, you know, it was, it was the year he got traded for Chapman. Uh, I don't think anybody with the Cubs regrets that because it helped them win a World Series, but he looked spectacular. I remember running into Jed Hoyer right after they won the World Series and he and Theo had come down to check out players. And Jed asked me, who's the best player down here? And I said, well, it's Glaber Torres by far. And Jed just kind of laughed. And then, uh, you know, last year, Ronald Acuna Jr. was just ridiculous. But, you know, I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I mean, this year is clearly the guy. He, he got tired a little bit, and I think he had a family issue that he that he went home with and missed the last week of the season. But the first half of the season, he struck out like one time in his first 60 at-bats here, and he just was, was crushing balls left and right. In fact, I was talking to – Nico Horner of the Cubs um, on the last day of the regular season, he had a real nice year down here too. And we're talking about like, he didn't really play a lot of different positions down here. He played mostly shortstop, but he laughed and he said he played third. I don't think he had played third in years. They put him in third in the fall start game. And he said like the first ball hit his way was like a Vladimir Guerrero Jr. missile is like 117 off the bat. Wow. <laughs> like right over his head. He, he said he barely had time to get ready before the ball was over his head. And, and you just, you watch Guerrero and the great ones make it look easy. And he just—it it, it just looks like he—it's almost like his bat is a magnet, and he just barrels the ball every time. It seems, and it doesn't even seem like he swings hard, and the ball just flies. He's going to be unbelievable. I, I mean, the comparison I, I give him, other people given him, to offensively and kind of defensively. I, I just think he's going to be the next Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, that's a—it's an interesting comp. You talked about Horner, the Cubs' uh, number one pick in the draft in the June draft, and number four overall rated by. MLB pipeline. Uh, give us a, a comp on Horner because uh, we know that power wasn't a part of his game in college, but uh, plays shortstop, second base. Uh, where, where do you where do you see him coming? And I, I know a lot of people are predicting power might come along with a, a little bit more age and uh, you know growth. Yeah, you know he's got some sneaky pop, and I think 
a lot of times in college, guys are kind of coached to, to make contact. There's a lot of breaking balls in college. Um, the, the bats aren't what they used to be. Um, they've been toned down in recent years. And so it's like, like I don't think a lot of, a lot of power time power is emphasized, especially for middle infielder. But he does have sneaky power. He's got very good bat-on-ball skills. He's got strong hands, strong wrists. He actually drove the ball really well down here. I think he had nine or ten extra big hits. Pretty sure he led the league in triples and four um, and hit the ball pretty hard. The, the comp I had a scout give me on him, Bruce, and I really liked it, was Ian Kinsler. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the arm is pretty average. And you don't see a lot of guys with an average arm play shortstop long-term in the big leagues. And you know, who knows how the Cubs are going to shake out. But, but as the roster is presently constituted, Javi Baez would be the shortstop and Nico Horner would be the second baseman if they were the double play combination. But, but I do like the Kinsler comp because I think he's, I think he's definitely going to hit. I think he's going to have some sneaky power. He might be a little bit more hit over power than Kinsler was. But he's also a good runner. And I think at second... He's got good hands. I think he could be a really good defender at second. So I, I, I kind of like the Ian Kinsler comp. I, I thought that worked pretty well when I heard that. Hey, Jim, uh, Zach Birdie was on the Glendale roster uh, coming off the surgery, of course. I thought he would have been the closer for the White Sox last season if he didn't have the arm problems. Did he play out in Arizona? And what kind of progress reports can you give us on him? He's a local kid from Chicago as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I didn't get to see him. I, if I saw him, I saw him for me. He only pitched about five innings here. They mm-hmm. shut him down pretty early. I, I don't. I think it's. I wouldn't term it as a a setback. Like he got hurt. It was more just. I just think he wasn't quite ready. And they just decided. Look again. You know, we're not trying to win next year. We, we could shut him down, and we'll get him ramped back up for spring training. So I really didn't get a good look at him. He only pitched about five innings before they they, they ended his season. So, Jim, uh, in closing with you, and David and I appreciate your time and enjoy the broadcast tonight. I, I've been enjoying all your coverage from there on MLB Pipeline and on MLB TV. Um, Dylan Cease is going to join us at the top of the hour. I've had three of the scouts that I've known for 25 or 30 years tell me that uh, he was the best pitcher in the minor leagues, not just for the White Sox, not just at A and then double A uh, Birmingham, but the best pitcher they saw in the minor leagues. And these guys are grizzled guys that are never really greatly impressed by people. They said Cease was way ahead of everybody else. What are you, what are, what's, what's your uh, you know, analysis of him? How, how far along do you think he is? And other than the fact that we know he hasn't thrown enough innings because of injury during his career since being signed in 2014, what will prevent him from being up with the White Sox in 2019? Yeah, you know, I, we we picked him as our our minor league pitcher of the year. I thought he had the best, especially when he got to Double A. He stepped it up a notch. Um, you know, the, the trade will be interesting. You know, I mentioned Torres earlier, and nobody's going to regret uh, from the Cubs side trading Glaber Torres to get Aroldis Chapman because they won a World Series. There might be some regrets about trading Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease in the same deal to get Jose Quintana if the Cubs don't, you know, go back and win another World Series. And that looks like a steal right now even though Quintana's got a really team-friendly contract steal for the White Sox. You know, it, 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 he's got two pretty ridiculous pitches. He can, he can operate at 94, 98 miles an hour. He can reach triple digits. It, it, it's a hard fastball, but it's got some life to it, too, some sink and run. His curveball can be inconsistent at times, but, but more because it just breaks so much. I mean, it, it, it's a power hammer, and, and, I mean, you know, Bruce, you know, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're a little bit older than me. So, but like, when we talk about classic curveballs, I mean, the two guys you kind of mentioned are, are Burt Blylevin's got the classic one, and then a little bit more Bonner would probably be Dwight Gooden of just having that absolute power hammer. And, and I've had guys compare Dylan Cease's curveball 
to Dwight Gooden. You know, at times, you know, it, it breaks so much he has trouble controlling it. And, and really all he needs to do, like you alluded to, he pitched 124 innings this year. You know, he's been handled very carefully since having Tommy John right after he, the Cubs drafted him. He, you know, I would think you kind of ramp him up to 150 innings next year. He still needs to throw more strikes. It's not the, it's not an awful delivery, but it's not the cleanest delivery in the world. So, I mean, you, you, with almost any pitcher, you get a little bit of, oh, is he a reliever, is he a starter? But, I mean, I think he, he definitely is, is a starter for now. I mean, the stuff's so good. that even if they, It's kind of like Kopech, Michael Kopech in a way, where the stuff is so good that even if he walks a few more guys than he should, he's so hard to hit, it kind of balances out. And, you know, I would suspect, I would be really surprised. I don't think we'll see him in Chicago in 2019 because, as you mentioned, the innings thing, and then, you know, we saw it with Eloy this year too, that there's just no reason when you're not contending to give no. a guy service time you know, my guess is if he dominates AAA next year, they'll come up with a reason. Hey, we need to keep him in Charlotte for a couple of weeks early in 2020, and then he'll be up towards. Uh, the end then of you're April, then you're then... moving towards 25. But I understand the timetable is skewed because of all the injuries that he's had. Uh, but yeah, he I, I think have pitchers so much uh, tear on his arm. Yeah, so you know, uh, Jim, pitchers are different because I think there's only so many bullets, and you can't play that control game as far as their contracts as much as you can with position players. But you're probably right. I mean, they're probably going to want to see him built to 150, 160, just to make sure that they don't blow him out uh, one final time and then set him back for his career. Yeah, I mean, my guess is he'll make 25 or so starts and pitch about 150 innings, and then they'll shut him down. Um, but we'll see. I mean, you're right. I mean, if it's, I mean, I don't think any, there's any way they can contend. And I do agree with you. There's only so many bullets in the gun. But I also think that they're going to do everything they can to control him for seven years rather than six because they aren't anywhere close to contending right now. Jim, uh, keep up the great work. Thanks for joining us as always. Uh, your expertise uh, adds an awful lot to our show all the time. And I know you're looking to come home after spending an awful <laughs> lot of time in Arizona. Not yeah, the weather, I'm sure. Three- yeah, I heard it's snowing today, but it's. Uh, I've been here about three weeks, and we've got one more broadcast, uh, 2 p.m. Central uh, on MLB Network and MLB.com today, the uh, AFL championship game, and a lot of good prospects in that game. It should be fun to watch. So if people are going through baseball withdrawal, tune in, and you can uh, see some live-action baseball and some of the best prospects in the game. All right, Jim, thanks again for joining us. Really appreciate it. Safe trip home. Yeah, take, take care, care, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Right. And to you. Jim Callis, the expert of all experts when it comes to minor leaguers, amateur players, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. We're going to take a short break here. 312-644-6767. Text David at 670-11. Top of the hour, we'll talk to Dylan Cease, the guy we were talking about with the White Sox. We're going to continue to talk Cubs, Sox, everything baseball. Um, my vote for Joe as manager of the year. Your thoughts about it. Cubs adding catching, infield help, outfield depth, White Sox, Cubs, both going after Harper and Machado. Your thoughts. And Jim uh, from Aurora is first up right after the break. He's been holding very patiently. We will be back right after this. 952, welcome back into Inside the Clubhouse for Saturday, November 17th. I'm David Schuster. He's Bruce Levine. We got Dylan Cease looking really forward to talking to him coming up right at the top of the hour. But for right now, let's go back out to the phone lines. Let's pick it up first of all with Jim calling in from Aurora. Good morning, Jim. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Bruce. I was calling because first to say I'm not a smoker. I didn't go out for a smoke break. I took my kid to tap. (laughs) (laughs) But in any case, this is one of my favorite times of the year in the off season because it's the real five moment. I really like that Jim Callis 
uh, discussion. I really enjoyed that. But uh, I'm, I'm really curious about who the Cubs are going to protect, who the uh, White Sox are going to protect in, in Rule 5. I, I'm wondering if they give up on somebody like Carson Fulmer and wonder if the Cubs get him. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I wonder if they if Cubs protect the, one of their catcher, Johnny Pareda, the the people in the Arizona Fall League. Who, who do they? Who do the Cubs like? Who do the the, the White Sox like? I, I'd like to know your thoughts, Bruce. Well, uh, you know, Thanks, I'm, I'm going to have to put a little bit more work into the 40 man. I've been concentrating mostly on the additions rather than the subtractions. We have the Rule Five draft on December 13th. Uh, that's the last piece of business at the winter meetings. And you will be at those winter meetings. I will be at the, those meetings, of course. And um, so uh, to, to throw you a couple names of people that are uh, in danger of falling off the 40-man roster and not being protected, uh, that uh, that's going to take me uh, another week or so. So give me a week, 10 days, and we'll, we'll go over that. Other than me pretending I know who's going to be uh, close to being on or off, I just I won't do that to you. I'll be with you here next week, Bruce, so I'll look forward to we'll your, do your thoughts on that yeah, as well. Absolutely. All right, let's go out to uh, Willowbrook and pick it up with Owen. Go ahead, Owen. You're on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, guys. Great show. I know you guys were talking about free agents for next year, but I think after next year, I still think the Sox are going to need consistent number one, and I know sales is going to be up after next year. Do you think there's a possibility mm-hmm. the Sox might look at sale? And then could you guys update me on Alex Hansen because he – he kind of intrigues me because I know he had some injuries. So I was wondering if you know what's going on with him. Yeah, I'm not sure about uh, Hanson uh, coming up uh, this next year. But uh, with, um, you know, the the idea that um, he, he brought up. Uh, Hanson, Chris Sale. Sale. Well, we talked about it two weeks ago, and I talked to Chris at the end of the season, and he said, never say never uh, <laughs> when it comes to that. We had Rick Hahn on uh, – three weeks ago, and uh, I asked him about sale of free agency, and he said, I can't hear you. The line is breaking up. So, you know, from all that, those perspectives, it's, it's, um, it would be a nice finishing piece at age 31 that Chris Sale comes back and is the leader of the pitching staff on a, uh, what, two- or three-year contract. Uh, you know, he's a free agent after – this year, so wouldn't that be amazing? Coming full circle, you know, Chris Sale coming back. Maybe they introduced. I mean, him. he he was open to it. It's not like I don't think he, he did not have a bad time here. He actually enjoyed his time. And that the whole thing with the throwback yeah, uniforms. The other, but thing, the other thing you have to remember, he's already accomplished his goal: World Series, champion. World Series. The next goal is you know make a lot of money. And uh, Rick Hahn signed him to one of the most favorable team contracts in uh, baseball history. The Cubs had another one with Anthony Rizzo. Uh, this time he's going to be going for the money at age 31. That would be a great story. All right, we got a break right now. We have Dylan Cease of the White Sox. That's coming up at the top of the hour. We'll be back right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 